0: Hello, and welcome to this episode of I've Got This Kid. I'm your host, Sharina Williams, excited homeschooling mom who's on summer break, licensed speech and language pathologist and wife of one. I am here to continue to share knowledge about everything that is speech, language, play development related to your child. I am so excited to be here today. Listen up, you guys. Two big announcements. One, happy Father's Day. To all you dads out there who are just grinding it out and being amazing, learning how to care for your sugars, man, this day is for you. Chip off the old block. I hope you guys are having a wonderful day. I appreciate you. I had a dad and a grandfather and all kinds of people in my community who were amazing models to me to just shape me into who you see today. And so I understand the value of a father and I am excited. just celebrate you guys on today so this is your day guys enjoy the other thing is this is the huge announcement not that father's day isn't huge father's day is pretty huge but you got to share fathers on this other announcement the other big announcement is we are moving from bi-weekly podcast episodes to weekly so now you get to hear from moi every week sundays we will release episodes and it's it's great. We have a lot of things lined up for the next four weeks. We're going to be talking about milestones from 12 months all the way to 48 months. And I'm going to be tooling you guys up everything related to speech, language, play, development, and stuff that comes in between. I'm even going to be giving you bonus materials on Friday, but you'll have to go to my actual pages to get that stuff. So we are going to embark on this journey together. And, you know... It's it's wonderful just watching our little sugars go from those little cute, smell good infants to little people. <laughs> they become little people and they're so cute. By 12 months, they have like their little waddle walk because they're really trying to get things together and you see them like switching back and forth on things that they're developmentally focusing on. So you might see one week they're real focused on developing sounds. And you might just hear them going to town and bah, 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 bah. and then that next week, you might see them hit a real big milestone, like they're coasting the couch, or they take those first steps. Those are our gross motor milestones. And they kind of trade back and forth. It's very rare that you see a kiddo working on gross motor milestones, like those big movements and fine motor, those little cute movements, the speech and like picking up things. It's very rare to see both happen in a week. If you do see it happen in a week, like kudos, but you usually see your sugar kind of going back and forth on that. Um, So that's why speech and language and walking happens sometimes around the same time, but it's usually very rare for it to happen like the same day or the same week, um, because the brain just doesn't work like that. It has to master one thing and then go to the next. So here we are. I'm gonna teach you guys how to become milestone masters. Why? This has been on my heart because when you go to the doctor, right? You go to your pediatrician, you have all these checkups. And every time you go to your pediatrician's office, they give you this long list. And they ask you, is sugar doing this? Is sugar doing that? Is sugar doing this? Is sugar doing that? And it's usually mostly related to their physical being. Are they growing the way that they're supposed to grow? Are they developing the way that they're supposed to develop? Are they doing the things biologically that they should be doing? But from a speech and language standpoint, we should probably be doing the same things. And if you notice now, some pediatricians are moving into our lane and starting to ask those questions. Is your child making sound? Is your child understanding what you're saying? Are they responding to their name? Um, because they want to identify early now because early intervention has become so important. So much research is out there that shows between birth and five you really want to find out if something's not going right because we have the most chances between birth and five to undo it. So when it's time for them to make that shift from us at home to school, that they're able to keep up with things that are going on because there's a lot of things that are going on in that school setting. And I don't care if that's regular traditional school, virtual school, homeschool, all of these milestones, these foundational milestones between birth and five really need to be mastered. And so I'm going to tool you up the same way because I think parents, for the most part, especially if you have more than one child or you have been around for a kiddo, watching them grow up and attending those doctor's appointments, you, after a while, have an idea what your sugar should be doing. So if I say six months, what should the kid be doing? Everybody's thinking to themselves crawling, right? Because that's common knowledge. We know that by six months, our sugars should be crawling. Uh, When do they babble? Probably about the same time, between six and seven months or five to seven months. It, it kind of ranges, right? But there's certain things that we know our sugar should be doing during those times because we've learned it by going to the doctor's office. So I'm going to teach you that same thing from a speech and language standpoint of milestones that your sugar should be meeting. And my last little, you know, tirade before I get into things, the reason why it's so important for you to know this is because a lot of times if a kiddo is falling behind, a parent usually says, "I had no clue. I didn't even know what they were supposed to be doing. I didn't know that they were supposed to be doing this and they were supposed to be doing that, and most importantly, why they're supposed to be doing that. And so we've come to this this point in time in this day and age to where we we know a lot of stuff, but we don't actually understand why, and our kiddos are really tricky people because they're gaining a whole lot of stuff in a little amount of time. And we don't always understand why. And I'm gonna help you out with that. And so I'm gonna help you pass that test. And so you not knowing how your sugar's milestones, meeting their milestones works, if you don't know that or understand that, it's the same thing as me giving you an astrophysics test. And you've never taken the class and you've never prepared and you have no idea and you might get mixed information from mixed places and you might have like maybe you watched a few episodes on PBS's Nova and found out some stuff. I don't know. Right. But it's kind of the same thing. Like if you don't have the knowledge, how do you know if your kid is falling behind? So that's why I'm doing this series. And. I can't wait. Like, I'm so excited because me telling you guys up, it helps me sleep better at night because I know that you guys are getting good, sound knowledge from your girl. So, let's get into it. Three things and three ways we look at development in my world. We could look at a broader view, but for the case, for the sake of what we're doing here, these three main things kind of overshadow into all areas of development. We're gonna be looking at Understanding language, that's receptive language. If I say something to you, do you understand me? Can you respond back? Whether you respond using the words that come out of your mouth or by physically moving and responding to what I I say to you. Expressive language, that's your vocabulary. That's the words that come out of your mouth. And you might've heard me talk about this before on past episodes, kind of giving you a brief overview, but bear with me because you gotta know this stuff. And if you, you haven't heard this stuff, Hey, hey, and if you have heard it, hey, sometimes it takes a few times, right? So expressive language, the stuff that comes out of your mouth. Those are your words, your vocabularies, how you put phrases and sentences together, how you communicate, right? The third part we look at, social language. Social language is different from understanding language and using language. That's your social skills. That's your pragmatics. That's how you relate to the world. Really important to have those skills in check right? Because this part helps us get through life. Am I communicating my wants? Am I communicating my needs? Am I playing appropriately with my friends? Am I getting along with the world? Am I sensitive to other people's feelings? Am I being being built up as a person who can pick up not only on my own social cues, but how my social cues impact the world around me and how other people's uh, social cues impact me, how I take that in. And so, those three areas are crucial. Oh my gosh, they are so important to have established the right way to make sure your sugar is on the right path. So, let's start with understanding language. 12 to 18 months, we expect your sugar to follow a one step direction. Pick up your shoes, give me your bottle. Um, Go get Teddy. Don't hit anymore. That's a direction, right? Get your shoes. Tell them bye-bye. Go play. That's a direction. If your sugar is not following that direction, I want you to do one of two things. One, help them follow that direction. And what I mean is, don't say it 20 times. Go get your shoes. Go get your shoes. Go get your shoes. Go get your shoes. And they're just staring at you like, no, I'm not going to get my shoes. Or they go the other way and do something else. I want you to grab them by the hand with love and take them to whatever it is that you've asked them to do. Model it for them. Because our kids, remember, birth to 12 months is just one big observation. They've been, watching. it everything that goes on around them. So a big part of them during this age, they're still using their body to communicate with the world. And they still rely on like some of those physical gestures to help them along the way. So it won't hurt them by you grabbing them by the hand or pointing. Go get your shoes and showing them. So they're looking with you and you're looking at the shoes and you're not getting louder. Go get your shoes. Go get your shoes. Don't get louder. That's not helping anything. They're not going to follow anything. It's just get. it's going to be frustrating. And after a while, you're going to find yourself hollering for everything. But just using a normal tone, go get your shoes. And you're looking at the shoes and they're looking at you, but you're still looking at the shoes because you want them to do look at what you're looking at and attend so they can pay attention together with you. Pretty simple, right? We want our sugars to be paying attention to pictures at this time. Please do not break out like a big old thick novel. Like, come on, y'all. Be reasonable. Now, you can read more complex stories and materials to them at night before bedtime. That's fine. That's different. But like when you're sitting down together and you guys are looking at a picture book, try to make sure it's not super um, busy. 50 things going on. It's like a where's Waldo for 12 month olds. That's too much. That's too much. Maybe something really simple, like the little cardboard books, like Brown Bear, Brown Bear, The Very Hungry Caterpillar, um, Five Chirpy Birds, something along those lines to where it's really simple. And no, I have no like financial affiliation with any of those. Those are just some of my favorite books that I go to. Um, Dr. Seuss is another good one. But I say all that to say, you're looking at the picture book together and you can say, oh, look at the girl running. And they're looking. And they might even be able to point at it. Oh my gosh, show me that little girl who's running. And what? Oh, you're looking at very hungry caterpillar. Look at that caterpillar. He's, um, um, he's eating. Show me you eating, right? And they're able to like show that reciprocity with you. And they're able to participate with you without either taking the book, taking it over and going the other way. And you also want to make sure that if you're looking at pictures with them, whatever it is you decide to do, if you read the words on the page, read the whole story cover to cover. But if you're just talking about looking at pictures, then just flip through. Don't ask questions throughout the whole thing, make it more of a conversation. What are they doing? They're playing, they're eating, they're this, they're that. So that way you're not building up that pressure of they have to perform, they have to perform, they have to say, they have to do. Make it fun, make sounds. I do it all the time, even with my big kids. They look at me crazy now, I don't care, I still do it. But try it. Another thing we expect them to do when thinking about understanding language is responding appropriately to give me, give me my phone. Ooh, that's a big one, right? Right now. Give, give me the remote. Give me, uh, give me my cup. Give me my keys. Give me, give me, give me. And they're following through with it. Again, it goes back kind of to the first one to where if you see that your sugar is not following through with what you've asked them to do, help them along the way. Do hand over hand and have them drop it, have them give it to you. It shouldn't hurt. It should be gentle. And again, you should be frustration-free during these moments. Identify f- up to four body parts. I can't talk, y'all. They should be able to identify up to four body parts on themselves or a doll. Show me your eyes. Show me your ears. Show me your nose. Oh, pretty hair. Show me your hair is beautiful. Show me your hair. Show me your shirt. Oh, that's a very handsome shirt. I love that shirt. Again, we're making it playful. We're making it fun for them. They should be able to understand that. And at that age, they're super proud of everything they do. So my shirt, my hair, my eyes, they're excited about that, right? And so you getting in there with them and like not just giving them the quiz, but like talking to them about it and being super animated and having fun with it, they should be able to pick it up really fast. And if they don't do it on themselves, they should be able to do it on a doll or a toy. I don't care what kind of dollar toy. It could be a little cat. It could be a little dog. It could be a little action figure. As long as they're able to identify those parts. Another thing that they should be able to do is understand 50 words. And I know, I know you're like, Sharina, who in the world knows if their kid understands 50 words? Who sits there and measures 50 words or not? Y'all, come on. I'm, I'm an easy kind of girl and I like Things simple. And I'm going to make it simple for you because I don't think that life should be that complex. And you're right. I'm going to help you. So, this is how you'll know. Think about 10 food items. You don't even think about it because they subconsciously know it milk, bananas, cheese, cookie, cracker, sandwich, macaroni, food. You can quickly go down 10 food items sippy cup, cup, straw remote, phone, it doesn't take long. And if you like quickly categorize that, then you kind of know. Usually parents know if their children do not know 50 words because they'll be like, I ask and they're not showing me much. Um, And again, this is receptive language. So this is different than them saying it. This is just understanding it. Bring me your diaper, baby wipes, go to bed go to your room. Those are all words that they understand. If they're following through and they're showing you that and they're giving you some kind of response and going in that direction of whatever it is, by all means, they understand it. Um, Another thing they should be doing, enjoying rhymes and finger plays. Baby shark is a big one. Baby shark, baby shark. Uh, Sesame Street is still huge. I don't think Sesame Street is ever not going to be huge, but Sesame Street's another one. They sing all throughout the show. When my daughter was little, we loved Yo Gabba Gabba. We still pull up those videos. Okay, I still a- pull up those videos. <laughs> love Gabba Gabba. Biz Marky, who can't love them. Anyway, um, but they should be able to enjoy that. Singing nursery rhymes, The Itsy Bitsy Spider. Um, I like taking nursery rhymes and beatboxing to them, doing silly things with them and like changing them. If your sugar is showing some kind of like movement to that or dancing to that or they bring you a book that has that or they turn on a song that has that, they should be enjoying those things. And those are other ways to get songs into them and get concepts into them without it being like in the form of a card or drill. And they learn it much faster that way, too. Because it's natural. And when your body is able to like physically do, then your brain makes a faster connection with it versus just showing them a picture of it. So that's my my spiel on what your sugar should be doing for 12 to 15, excuse me, 12 to 18 months for their understanding language. What they should be doing for using language. Again, that's expressive language. That's their vocabulary. The words that come out of their mouth. That's the stuff that they've built up. Also different from speech, speech is still the sounds you produce. That's not the same as language. Language are the words. So if it's a ca, and every time that's a car, or a cat, and it's a cat, that's the word for it. That's language, that's their language. If it's baba, that's a bottle, that's language. We count that, ma, mama, dada, papa, baba, we count it. Got it? So those are the words that they're saying. We expect first words to be around 12 months. Sometimes it's sooner, Sometimes it's a little bit later. We don't want to play around with too much later. If you're not really hearing first words by 14 months, I would honestly consider that a little bit late. I would honestly consider that a little bit late. And the reason why, unless they just all of a sudden have a boom with language, I expect them to have at least... 10 words on the low end by 18 months, on the high end, at least 20 words. And so the later we get past 12 months and we're not building up that language, I get concerned. I want you to send me an email or send a speech therapist an email in your area. I don't care who you reach out to. I just want you to say that this don't look right, feel right, smell right. Let's get some help around that. So yes, we do want to see first words by 12 months, at least 10 words by 18 months, a little bit ahead if you have 20 by 18 months, right? I want to see your sugar using single words and pointing and gesturing to communicate. What does that mean? What does that look like? You see it all the time. You just didn't know the technical term for it. Uh, cat, cat, cat airplane, airplane, airplane. You've seen it. Flower, cookie, cracker you see them. So they're using their body and their broken language because it's usually pretty broken at that age. <laughs> so that's not why we're that's why we're not really worried about speech at that age because they're they're still figuring out how to motor program their articulators to get the words out. So we just want to hear that they're using that word consistently. And if they are pretty articulate and their their speech sounds good, then hey, good job, right? But I do want them to be, having those words and I do want them to be using like trying to get your attention and why this is so important them not just using the word but also like pointing it out is because just like you wanted their attention when you were looking at that shoe over there for the understanding of language I want them to be in a position to where they can now manipulate language to get you to understand what it is that they want make sense I hope so so they're they're testing out the waters remember Big old observation time, zero to 12 months. And now they're testing it out to see how it works. And we want them to be testing it out. Please test it out, right? Go for it. Another thing we should hear from them is jargon. Sometimes those are longer strings to where it's, they're looking at you and you're like, okay, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You tell it, tell it. hmm Mm-hmm. I do it with all the kids in my family. They'll just go to town. I get them to just talking up. Yeah, you know, I didn't know them. What you don't say? It. <laughs> no, tell it. And the reason why I do that is because I know that if they feel like somebody understands that, then they're going to keep testing out their language. And remember, this only works for 12 to 18 months. When we get a little bit older, we're going to have a different conversation about that jargon. But for now, it's OK, because they're still forming their articulators and getting things together. Another thing that just popped in my head that I want to throw in there, too, is that I want um, parents of children who have premature kiddos, we know that they're aged differently. And so make sure that you're calculating their actual premature birth age to make sure that they're meeting those milestones, which might seem month-wise later, but it actually isn't because we look at them developmentally different. So if you were born premature by eight weeks or something like that, we want to make sure to take into account what your actual premature biological or your premature age is, adjusted age versus like actual day you came out. So that's different. So I didn't want to throw that out there just in case somebody asked. I just want to make sure I'm covering everything. But I do want, you know, I want you to engage when they're using that jargon between 12 to 18 months because it makes them feel like somebody's listening. Somebody understands them. And not only that, but they're going to keep trying. And that's when you really start hearing that language pick up. So it's nothing wrong with that. Don't, Don't discourage them when they do that at this age. If they're asking you for more, sign language is really big now. And I see all kinds of kids doing this, more, 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 please, 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 more, 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 please, please, please. They should be asking you for more. More food is usually food. More play, more something. They should also be making animal sounds. Oh, the doggy goes woof, woof, woof. The bird goes chirp, chirp, chirp. The cow goes moo. And again, they're so cute at that age. They don't really have like the control of their articulators. So like they're so extra when they do it. It's moo. And you're like, yeah, get in there, kid. But you should be hearing at least two animal sounds. If you hear more, that's just fine. They may imitate words overheard in conversation. If you are using some four-letter words, that might be the time to clean it up because there's nothing worse than hearing the cutest little shit come through on the scene and say something that they probably shouldn't be saying. And yes, they do say it in my office and I just crack up and I pretend like I don't hear it and I tell the parents later. But if you know your language is and you don't want your sugar to be using that then that would be time to now would be time to really clean that up. Um another thing they should be doing. You guys, I know you love this one. They should be shaking their head. No. Even though it doesn't come out nice and peaceful like this, it's just like, "No!" They should be doing that. Noah's parents, we don't usually like it, but they should be doing it because we do want them to be able to Um, defend themselves and assert themselves. So we do want to see that established. And we also want to see their pitches varying when they're vocalizing. (laughs) Like we want to hear that emotion when they're talking. It shouldn't be flat all the time because we're not emotionless people. There should be some kind of expression and it doesn't have to be super you know, over the top. It does. It certainly doesn't have to be like me. I know I'm an extra kind of girl, but it doesn't have to be like me either. It needs to be somewhere in there, though, that you can tell that there's a differentiation between their pitches when they're talking. And they should also be singing independently. I don't care what they're singing independently, but they should be doing that too. You should hear them maybe during play kind of humming and dancing, or they're in the backseat of the car and they're going in and doing their thing. We want to make sure that they are doing that. Again, that's all expressive language stuff. And again, we are not worried about them being 100% clear. That's speech. Not at 12 to 18 months. They're still just building up their language and they're building up how to use the muscles. And the tongue is the strongest muscle in the body. So it takes time to learn how to put those sounds and and letters and things together, those consonants and vowels together, it takes time. So be patient with them at this point. Don't drill them if they don't sound 100% clear, just make sure that they're picking up new language as they go along. And in most cases, we can understand them. Last one that we look at, which covers the whole gamut of understanding language and expressive language, and that's our social language. That's our pragmatics, how we get along with the world, how we relate to the world. Are we paying attention to the world? Are we ignoring the world? Are we manipulating the environment around our world? Or are we kind of passive and not doing much with our world? It's key to know that our sugars are foundationally developing those pragmatic skills. I can't overemphasize enough how important these social skills are. And not just for them to go on the playground and play with the friends, it's not just that. And I think that again, when we think about milestones and the things that our sugar should be meeting, most of the time, again, we know about what we hear in the doctor's office and how to prepare them for school. Social language prepares them for life. How do I respond when somebody tells me no? How do I respond when mommy says it's time to take a bath? How do I respond when mommy says, give me or, give me the phone back? How do I respond to my friend who says they want my toy? How do I respond when someone takes my toy? How do I respond when, when someone uh, steals my cookie? How do I respond to life? When we ignore social language, we do our sugars a big disservice. Why? Because if they don't have that foundation of relating to the world and understanding how to use language to relate to the world and how to interact, knowing that we're all different people, even in the same household, we're different people. We have different needs. We have different desires. We have different purposes in life. Everything about us is different. And so when we're not making sure that our sugars are socially ready to deal with the pros and the cons of relating to other people, we push them back. It's not enough to have them be academically ready for school and they know their colors and they know their numbers and they know their shapes and they know, you know, all of these wonderful things and they're wonderful things to know without them being able to get through the day and get off of their own terms and get onto somebody else's terms. Or again, being able to advocate for themselves, being able to accept no. A lot of times that's the hardest part. What I see teachers struggling with, and not just with the little ones, but with the big ones, is redirecting and telling the sugar that this is not how it's going to be This is what I need from you. Our kids no longer know how to deal with that. And it's scary because they're going to have to go to work one day and they're going to have a boss one day. Everybody can't be an entrepreneur. Like it's just impossible, right? (laughs) But it's like we want to make sure that our sugars are able to follow social directions and social cues and accept that some things are going to go their way and some things they're not that are not. And so what we wanna see during this time between 12 to 18 months, and yes, I did go off on the tangent because that's something that's very near and dear to my heart. And I wanna make sure again, that we're tooled up in that area. So anyway, what we expect to see during 12 to 18 months is that kids are imitating other kids. I don't need them to be playing together like this. I don't expect for them to play together like this. More like this, they might be a casual onlooker Little friend has his little car and is going, and your sugar may bounce into the plane. If they're jumping and clapping, your sugar might start jumping and clapping. And so that tells us that they're paying attention to what's going on around them and they're trying to be a part of it. They're trying to figure out their scene. They're trying to figure out what works for them and what identifies with them, right? And then we also expect for them to respond to other kids' vocalizations. Uh got it we also expect them to initiate turn-taking routines it kind of goes back to the imitating other kids and i want to tie that together a little bit more because when they are initiating turn-taking routines just like adults want to fit into their social circles and they find things that identify with them and things that they can relate to. Kids are the same way. That's why this is so important at this age for them to be comfortable with that process. And so we want to see them finding people that they identify with and then asking them to play. Bobby loves the sandbox. I love the sandbox. I'm going to ask Bobby. Bobby pay. Sandbox. Come on. Real simple, real basic right? They're starting to identify socially the people they identify with, the, the people they relate to. That's huge. Why we want to take that away from the babies? Let them, let them be great. We want them to be able to establish that. And so we also want to see them using vocalizations more frequently during interactions. And that kind of goes back to Go, Little Sugar and Bobby are in the sandbox and they're talking back and forth. Maybe they fall out over the, the little pail because they want the pail, the same pail, and they can't agree on that, and they're going back and forth. And then you might see, again, they're still using their body. You might see Little Bobby push Little Sugar, Little Sugar push Little Bobby because they don't have quite enough language to get through a whole conversation or a full fallout, and so it usually gets physical at this age, it's not because they're trying to be mean. Okay, sometimes they're trying to be mean, but other cases, they're just trying to uh, figure it out socially. How do I advocate for myself? They're advocating for themselves. They want what they want, and they don't always have all the language they need to get what they want, and so they just... Yeah. And then we come in and we help them as the adults and we show them what to say or we provide an alternative that meets everybody's needs. Or if they just go wild crazy and they're just not listening to reason, then we take it away and we move on to live another day because toys are not something that the kids need, it's something that they want. And if they can't follow the rules, then guess what? You get nothing. I'm good for giving nothing. I, I will tell you in a heartbeat. I will give you nothing in a heartbeat. I am fair until you make me become unfair. That simple. The final thing that I expect is to see the sugars using more words during turn-taking. Is this a contradiction to what I just said? No, it's not a contradiction to what I just said. The reason why it's not a contradiction is because, again, they're going to use more words during turn-taking. Think about what they had a few months before. So if you have an 18-month-old who has maybe 10 words, a few months ago, they may have had five words. A few months before that, they may have had three or two words, one word. So yeah, you're going to see more words. It's just not going to be a lot of words. Not enough to get through a fight with little Bobby to advocate about that pale, but enough for them to talk about things that are familiar in their environment. And so that's why we want to make sure that we see the language building up the way that it's supposed to build up. And this is why I advocate so much for you guys to not use technology As the teaching tool for the sugars, I think technology has a great place. And before I go off on another tangent, I'm just going to say, I think that technology has a great place, but not for establishing social skills. That's nothing that could be learned on a screen for those sugars. That's something that they have to live out over and over and over again in order to master it and perfect it. And guess what? Social skills is not something that you actually perfect because guess what? Everyone in this world is different. Everyone in this world is different. You might have similar likeness, similar characteristics, similarities, but no person is the same. And so we're always learning how to adapt to different social situations and different social scenarios. Welcome to life. And so we don't want to hold them back from learning that process and getting comfortable with that process and not having to become an adult in a workplace and suddenly have to learn those processes in order to keep a job or keep life going. And so I want you world changers to make sure that you are allowing this area to be established along with everything else. And if you notice, everything is kind of a building block on the other, they all kind of go together. You can't You can't understand language before you use language and you can't use language the right way without understanding what it means. And what I mean by that is that you have that kid that's just saying words, but it doesn't make sense to the environment. So you have to understand language before you can use language and then you apply that language to your social surroundings. Does that make sense? Man, I'm so glad we got tooled up together. I'm so glad I was able to share that. I am so passionate and so in love with teaching this information because I want you guys to be great. I want you to be great at understanding your child. I want you to be able to have everything you need to meet them where they are because you are the best vehicle to get them where they need to go in life. And with me giving you guys this information, it gives you that understanding on what my child should be doing. Do I understand their personality enough to then integrate this information in there into our everyday life. I don't want to make you something that you're not. I just want you to take these tools and apply them to your everyday life and be paying attention and being mindful about what your sugar should master before it's time to really get out of the get out of the house and into the world, all right? So, that's wrapping it up for today. Guess what, y'all? I'll be back next week. That time went by so fast. I will be back next week. Next week, we're going to talk about 18 to 24 month milestones. And let me tell you, 18 to 24 month milestones, so night and day different. And you're going to see as we go along this journey and this process that these milestones, that these sugars should be meeting. A, it's amazing. in how little of time these sugars from 12 to 48 months, how much they change and how much they master. I don't think we understand that. Even as adults in our lifetime, we do not master as much as they will master or have to master during these times. So I'm telling you, take pictures, get lots of videos of them, all that stuff, because I want you to remember this time when they're big and grown, right? (laughs) When they were little and cute, because it's, man, it goes by. So I want you guys to enjoy that. So. One other thing that I'm going to leave you with. Friday, I am going to give you guys some bonus material on play milestones for 12 to, excuse me, yeah, 12 to 18 months, 12 to 18 month bonus material on play skills that your sugar should be using. You might be like, Sharina, didn't we cover that in Pragmatics? Nope. It's different. It's different stuff. Totally different. I can't wait to share it. How will you be able to get to that information? You'll have to meet me. Where? On my Instagram page. Um, I've got this kid underscore podcast. Or you can meet me on my Facebook page at Sharina Williams, Licensed Speech and Language Pathologist. That information will be there for you. And if you just want to uh, go to my YouTube page, it will be there as well. But not until Friday. So you'll have to be patient, people. You'll have to wait and tune in. Mm Mm-hmm. If you're enjoying this material, feel free to like it, to share it, to subscribe, to catch up on my blogs. My blogs are much different than the material that I give here. It's more of just hoping giving you hope and inspiration. Based on my experiences, based on the things that I've seen in my world, sometimes there's a little bit more of like the the content that's a little bit more structured, but most of the time I'm talking about real life stuff that happens. And so if you're interested in reading that, go on to my website at iHeartSpeechTherapy.com and you can definitely like, share, and subscribe there as well. Until the next time, you guys, happy Father's Day. Enjoy your afternoon. Give your dads, your granddads, your uncles, the dads that weren't real dads, but acted like dads. All of those men that you know have been amazing in your life, in your child's life, give those people a hug, spend some time with them, tell them you love them. We only go around this earth one time. Well, we go around a bunch of times, but we only got one time to be human, right? And share that love and just appreciate them while they're on this side. So until the next time, world changes, take care.